This is Salt City Hoops on ESPN 700. We'll have two hours of advanced analysis, the X's and O's, headlines around the NBA, and breakdown of your Utah Jazz. Here are your hosts, Zach Harper and Andy Larson, on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. All right, welcome everybody into the Salt City Hoops show here on ESPN 700. I'm Andy Larson, managing editor of saltcityhoops.com. We are the ESPN True Hoop affiliate for the Utah Jazz. Zach Harper, now new writer for Fan Rag Sports yeah. and uh, employed, which is important. And Fully employed. <laughs> that's that's yeah, incredible. It's great. Um, uh, joins me. He's at Talk Hoops on Twitter, I'm, which is basically your first name. It's the only name people know me by. So If the, you said I met... Zach Harper, people would be like, who? And if you said, I met Talk Hoops, people would be like, huh? <laughs> I, it's less of a it's, surprise. That's that's yeah. pretty good. Sure. Yeah. Uh, they're not hooing you. They're huh-ing you, which is, which is better. Yeah, it's much better. If you were to be drafted. It's less dramatic. Yeah. Uh, I'm at Andy B. Larson. At Andy Blarson, as the people know me. Uh, and we're here to talk about the Utah Jazz and the NBA. So uh, we do this occasionally, basically Thursday nights, 7 to 9 p.m., uh, it's whenever we have, whenever there's a Thursday night without a U- University of Utah basketball game. So, or a jazz game. Or a jazz game, <laughs> which has been the case for the last, uh, probably month, I think, a, a month and four days ago was our last show. So we've got a lot to catch up on. Uh, least of, not the least of which is that the Utah Jazz are, are good. They are good. Yeah. Some might have predicted this. Who, some people said 56 wins. I think I cut it down to 54. That's true. A manageable 54. And that's 54. still very actually possible. So right now the 538 rankings have the Jazz, or like predictions, have them winning 52 games for the season. Okay. And, you know. That's pretty close. A couple games, 54. Yeah. A couple of coin flips there. go your way. Uh, and right now the fifth seed in the Western Conference, uh, you've got the Grizzlies two and a half games back, Clippers two games ahead of them. So, you know, it's actually pretty solidly fifth. And with the Clippers now having Chris Paul out, Blake Griffin out as well, uh, you could see them slide down that table as well. So uh, it's it's kind of an exciting time to be a Jazz fan. It would be shocking if they weren't the four seed at at worst, right? I mean, I, I know uh, that hmm. just because Chris Paul is going to be out for six to eight weeks and Blake Griffin isn't quite back yet, which means he's not quite back to being 100% either, when he gets back on the court, um, so that could take some adjustment. The Clippers have done well in the past couple of years, you know, adjusting to these injuries. But they're only two games ahead of the Jazz. The Jazz, even with Rodney Hood out right now, there's no reason with this schedule coming up that they shouldn't be able to catapult over the Clippers and and get a little bit of breathing room. Right. I mean, looking at that schedule coming up before we we'll dig deeper into the team, but it it is an easy schedule. You've got at Mavs tomorrow. They've won three in a row, but still, you know, it's it's they, probably they're a game not you good. Win. They're very bad. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at home against Indiana on Saturday. I don't think they're very good either. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think again, again, a game you should probably win. Yeah. Home against Oklahoma City Monday. That's a tough one, but you're at home against a team yeah, that's worse. Steven Adams think, should be back, right? He was out with a concussion last night. Yeah. I would assume he's fine by then. May, I mean, I don't know. concussions are weird, yeah. but, so maybe, maybe not. Right. Um, and, you know, I, th- I think Steven Adams helps them a lot, obviously. For sure. But I, I also think that the Jazz are a pretty difficult matchup for the Thunder. It's, it's I mean, all right, it's not similar to what the problem they had, the Thunder had with the Warriors last year, but there is a math problem of they can't hit threes, and the and the Jazz do hit threes, right. and so you can't keep trading three for two every time. And, and I think they, I think the Jazz are uniquely poised to load up against Russell Westbrook in a Absolutely. way that a lot of teams aren't yeah. with their length and especially Rudy Gobert in the middle. Yeah, uh, 
making him shoot mid-range jump shots. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so then after that, you've got at Denver. Playing very well. Offense mm-hmm. is very good right now. That defense sucks. Yeah. I mean, it's real bad. So you should be able to at least take advantage of them on defense and probably slow down a lot of what they want to do on offense. Jokic is a lot of fun. He's um, fun. I wish that team had more fans. Right. <laughs> right? Like, uh, that they if, play if in front the, of if the Broncos, empty crowds. If the Broncos fan base cared even half as much about the Nuggets as they do the, Bron- the Broncos, that would be a fun place. That would be a fun yeah. team. It would be an exciting environment. Um Denver fans, not very good. And have a chance to make the eight seed, right? Like that team has yeah, a chance. Yeah, they're in the eight make, seed right now. Are they? Yeah. Well, heck. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty good sign. Uh, yeah. Okay. So that's that's a thing that's happening. Yeah. By a game over Portland right now. Wow. Uh, and three games ahead in the loss column. Wow. All right. Uh, home against the Lakers. Lakers are trash. Suck. Uh, home against Memphis. That's not tough. trash. No, Memphis is very good. I again, a game you should probably win at home. I think. You know, uh, just based on the records, the talent, and you know similar teams, but right. for sure, probably you know the Jazz will be favored in that game. Sure. Uh, home against Milwaukee. That's tricky because Milwaukee yeah. is very scrappy and they can hit threes. And um, uh, that's surprising, like the eighth best offense, seventh best offense right yeah. now. I mean, they're they're good. Yeah. What's up with their defense? Just Greg Monroe, or like? Yeah, they still have Greg Monroe in there. Uh, John Henson turns out not actually that good of a defender, despite okay. being really long. Uh, I think that. That, I mean, and Jabari Parker. Jabari Parker has been very good this year. Mm-hmm. Excellent score. He's hitting threes. He can't defend. Okay, that's that's fine. Home against Charlotte, another good team. You know, like these are these are games that you're not going to win all of certainly, but you if you win three out of the five of these, right. of like Oklahoma City, Memphis, Milwaukee, Charlotte, and Boston at right. home, then you're doing well. Um, so anyway, you've got Charlotte at Atlanta. That's that's a game should be a win at Atlanta. You mean? Atlanta's I mean, not very good. Okay, they're streaky. They go up, they go down, they go up, they go down, just gonna... just like garage doors. That's what they <laughs> that's what they do. I like that was your go to <laughs> like anything that goes yeah. that rises and lowers. Uh, at least you didn't Bill Simmons say ebb and flow today, and you were like, my site really ebbed today. Like you were, he, was, he was very proud about how ebbed his. You got to ebb. The ringer was. You today. can't flow if you don't ebb. <laughs> anyway. At Dallas again. Sucks. Home against Boston. Could be. That could be tricky. Yeah. Boston is just, they, I don't, I still don't think they're all that talented, but they just find ways to, to yeah. win games. And they're a good, exactly. Tricky matchup. Good Isaiah Thomas is very good in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Some would say the best in the fourth quarter this year. Home against the Clippers after that depends on how, I mean, how many Chris players Paul, they have back. Yeah, Chris right. Paul won't be there. Right. I would assume Blake Griffin would be back, but you don't know. Right. I, I think Blake is, a, like a Blake and DeAndre led team should be beatable for the jazz just based Should on be. You've got surprisingly Bear, have you seen austin rivers numbers as a starter don't tell me austin rivers is good at basketball 16 and a half points a game on 60 percent true shooting Ugh. plus 4.4 per 100 possessions with him on the floor as a starter don't it's weird i don't like it no one likes it <laughs> i'm not even sure if clippers fans like it but that's what's happened as a starter this year 13 games it's discouraging not even counting tonight's game all right, well, hey, that's that's a fun fact. Austin Rivers has beaten them before, right? Yeah, that's true. Can All happen. Right. Home against Portland. <laughs> Horrible defense. I mean, just my Why God. Why are they? Uh, we're, I have a whole segment like where we're talking about this for yeah. like four minutes later on in the show, but I don't get. Uh, Shocking! Happened. Team falls apart after signing Evan Turner. <laughs> I'm shocked. Why is Austin Rivers so good though? They're the same. They're not, They're not. All the same. But like Austin Rivers, I just hate them equally. Man, is Austin Rivers better? Ooh, that's that, a that's a depressing that's a question take, and a hot take question <laughs> at the same time. 
then at Milwaukee, we talked about them. At Washington. Playing well. Yeah. At OKC, that's a loss. Yeah. So, but, so that's your next month. Then a little bit so what of is games. This? Two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, sixteen games. And you're probably favored to l- win all but one of them. They should go thirteen and three. That's good. That's great. That would be that, that gets would you be acceptable. Four wins. Yeah. I mean, they should it, go thirteen and three during that stretch, assuming no injuries. Now there are injuries. We've got Rodney Hood right. out with knee bone bruise. But is at there least any it's chance? An is there any chance when you saw the injury and saw how he reacted and them carrying him off the court that you thought this wasn't a blown blown out knee? I thought, yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I thought at worst, at, at best, it would be like a sprained MCL, right? And yeah. he's out six weeks. Right. But immediately, uh, I had a scout text me, um, "This sucks." He like his season's over. He was having a great year. Mm-hmm. Not a scout from the Jazz. A scout from a different team. Like not in the building. And uh, and we were just going back and forth about how how horrible this was. Right. And then you know I guess he didn't have a brace on in the locker room. Yeah. Bone, bru- bone bruise. Like, bone bruise the, with the MRI the next day. I walked out because I so I saw that, you know I I have seats above the the player tunnel there right. so I kind of watched Rodney test it out and lean on it and then recoil him. How are you not periscoping this? <laughs> probably not. It's kind of dark. Good form, and right? <laughs> also, I don't think it's allowed to. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> uh, but anyway. So I and then Rodney Hood's family comes down from the stands yeah. right next to him, and then I see so I see them waiting in fear with you know Kristen Kenny and Tony Parks, the guys who you right. know, report on this sort of stuff, and then the doctors come out talk to talk to everyone kind of at once and say he didn't do anything, and you can see just like the relief on his yeah. family's face, and then saw the assistant coaches laughing with them after the game. That's I was good. like, okay, that's... Yeah, I mean, because you can do a test that pretty much gives you a 90% chance of knowing whether or not they, they've torn their ACL. Right. Like, it's a pretty easy thing to test for even before the MRI. Yeah, like you, you, I like I went in to do kind of... I, my knee was feeling wonky, I don't know, a few months ago, and, you know, they move your knee around and yeah. see if it moves a lot or moves a little, right. and if it's <laughs> a lot, then you're in trouble. But, uh, yeah, so that that's good news, and, and that Rodney traveled on this road trip, even though it's a one-gamer and even though he won't play, is, again, a good sign he yeah. wants to be involved with the team and yep. is is hopefully coming close to coming back. You know, I, I'm, I'm not expecting him this weekend, certainly, but maybe right. sometime end of next week, let's say. Um, all right, let's let's look at the bigger picture issues unless there's something you want to say um first of all they're the best defense in the league right now which is not a shock right because right well i guess maybe with the injuries because george hills missed so much time yeah i, I think that's fair Derek favors has been kind of gimpy for half the season so I th- far i think all of the season i don't I, to me he looked pretty good the last two weeks i, I think he looked pretty good but also and again this is on our list of things to talk about yeah. but the starting lineup's not working with him in it yeah that's true i uh, mean it is really better as a four out Right, you know what, you know Rudy in the middle type of deal, and I don't think that used to be the case with a healthy Derek. Fay- to me, I sure. still don't see like he's missing that mid range jump shot a lot more frequently yeah. than than he was. I don't know. He looked explosive speed. on blocks. He looked explosive yeah. on dunks to me. I mean, that could just be tricking my eyes because something cool happens. But um, I don't like he looks better to me. He, for he sure. definitely looks better than when he first returned. Uh, so, and then of course you've got Rudy Gobert as the defensive anchor. Like if you had to say. How much? How much of the Jazz's number one defense is Rudy Gobert? Is it like fifty percent? How good would you be? Like if we put Rudy Gobert on the Trailblazers? I like that you went, that you you went fifty percent because immediately in my mind I thought 90 percent. Okay, like I went like, way high. All of it because it allows everyone else to do stuff, right? Okay. I mean that's that's the trick of it all is 
is his presence allows you to defend harder on the perimeter, allows you to you know close out harder on on three point shots and spot up three point shots and run guys off the line. Mm-hmm. And then if you force him into mid range shot, great. That's the inefficient way of attacking in today's NBA, unless you're the Spurs. Um, if you if they end up going to the basket, which happens quite quite often, fantastic. You have the league's best shot blocker, best rim protector, who's re- protecting like 11 and a half shots a game yeah, or something yeah, like that. Just a, yeah, an absurd amount of shots to defend and he's doing it, you know, as well as just about anybody. Um, and so having that presence allows everyone else to kind of be more aggressive and be more confident as a defender. And I think that confidence as a defender matters a lot and mm-hmm. probably a lot more than we know, because if you don't know that a guy is behind you and you start second guessing, how do I, how do I keep this guy out of the paint or how do I keep this guy into our game plan of how we want to defend him? If you're second guessing that, you're not reacting. And that's where that's where guys just get killed. So you if like let's put Rudy Gobert on the Blazers. Yeah. Are they a top ten defense? Probably. Okay. I I, I I'm willing to buy that because yeah. honestly there's not that big of a difference between the league's best and worst defensive teams right now. You look at right. the Jazz, they're at hundred and one point two points per hundred possessions allowed. Uh, and then the bottom team is 110 points per 100 possessions yeah. allowed. It's Could, only nine points. It's only four baskets during the entire game. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, and, and with him, too, I mean, so if you put him on the Blazers, you have him, Mo Harkless, Al Farouk Amino. Those are three pretty solid, I mean, two very solid defenders and Rudy Gobert, who's maybe the best defensive center in the league. Right. I, Marc Gasol could have a case, but it's probably Rudy Gobert, right? Okay. Um, is is CJ McCollum as much of a liability if he defends knowing that he has Rudy Gobert behind him? Probably not. I mean, they, he like still he, gets beat on every pick and roll. And sure, but but you but also getting beat on pick and rolls. And so does Dame. Yeah, but but I think we also have to recognize that, and this is maybe a little inside basketball, but getting beat on pick and rolls is sometimes the design. Right. Right. Like you funnel into the help. Right. So a guy gets blown by on a pick and roll, it's not as bad as long as he's shielding away the middle of the floor and forcing him into the help. Right. And that if the is, help is Rudy Gobert, that's pretty good. That is something to look for. Like, And the Jazz are very much a, con- a control-the-ball sort of team where you're, they're trying to keep the ball on one side of the right. floor on these side pick-and-rolls right. and just trying to push it over there so that it doesn't get back to the middle where more things can happen. You can't load up on one side of the right. floor, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. Now, are the, I, are the Blazers playing that style of defense? I don't know that they're playing any style of defense. Okay, I, mean, that, I mean, it's really bad. Like, and uh, part of the problem with the Blazers on pick and rolls is McCollum and Lillard instead of, I don't think the problem is them getting blown by. I think the problem is they die on screens. Right. No, I so guess that's what I mean. Could you, could you prevent some of that if they know a better way to go around it, knowing Rudy's behind them? Maybe. Maybe. Like, I don't think that's crazy to think. Okay. But then, you know, Trey Burke has been a, a, a struggled as, as a point guard with yeah. Rudy Gobert behind him. And, and, you know, even the he's jazz, a, he's a lot smaller guards. than both those guys sure. though. That's you right. know, I mean, I think small guards are just going to struggle. What about Dante Exum dying? I mean, maybe it's ACL lateral movement stuff. But I think that I think that's an awareness thing okay. with him. I okay. mean, I think he's going to be a very good defender in this league, and I think that's just knowing how to get around screens, hmm. which is a learned skill. Yeah, it, it worries me a little bit that he's regressed as much as he has. Yeah, now. I mean, maybe that is a you know uh, he's lost half a step or whatever, and if you lose half a step and you don't exactly plan for losing half a step. Yeah, maybe okay. it takes a while to adjust. That makes sense. No, I, I mean, I, 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 to me, I think eighty to ninety percent is high. I, I honestly think fifty yeah. percent is reasonable. That I, seems I, way low to me. Like I, I, I just think because it's it's such a connected thing, and if you're connected to him, I just think it works. Right. So, but I also think it, it kind of works with Derek Favors at the center position, right? Uh, or Jeff Withy at the center position, like. It, 
kind of sure. Yeah, I mean they have good defense. It's not like all okay. of these guys are bums, right? Like right. Rodney Hood, good defender. George yeah. Hill, good defender. I'm I'm man on Rodney Hood's defense. I think he does a very good job, um, in terms of containing. Okay. Yeah. I, I agree and some, with that. And sometimes guys just hit shots, right? Like yeah. I, I think just because you get scored on doesn't mean you played mediocre or bad defense, right? Yeah. I think that happens to Rodney more than I think sometimes guys just hit shots. Right. And I mean I, I agree with that. I, I think sometimes he loses his man in space. Yeah, that, yeah, um, there's some off ball issues. Yeah, sure. Of course. Uh, but I, I I mean so to me like if if you were to like put them in a percentile, I guess, where right. like George Hill is like the ninetieth percentile defending point guard and yeah i mean maybe even higher like i mean he's great yeah he's (laughs) maybe one of the top 10 yeah defending point guards in the league for sure ronnie hood is probably average to me i would say like 60th 60th to 70th percentile and that's and i would say 50th and like we could have an argument about that gordon hayward good defender yeah gordon hayward i think like 75th percentile if you will yeah probably yeah i mean he's not a stopper certainly but i think and honestly it's interesting to me how reluctant quinn snyder has been uh, to use him in that role, right? I kind of think too. Part of that is um, is just how much responsibility he has on offense. Yeah, oh, I think so. That there's is only why. so much energy you can ask a guy to expend. Right? I absolutely think that's yeah. why. Uh, where's Joe Ingles? 99th percentile. I mean, he's their he's their <laughs> he's late a, game stopper, it's right? Weird. Throw and him it, on LeBron. Throw him on Lou Will. Doesn't why matter. Why is that working? I so have well. no idea. I mean, Quinn answered the question. You you asked the question to Quinn, right? And yeah. he answered it kind of like he's long. Like he's a big guy and he's long. And if you if you can anticipate the movement, I mean, I'm paraphrasing here, but if you can mm-hmm. anticipate anticipate the movement, he's a six nine guy with long arms. Like right. sometimes, just get it. I had uh, I who was it? Uh, David Thorpe once told me, look, if sometimes if you just get in the way, you do your job mm-hmm. defensively, and yeah. I and I believe that. Oh, I and I found it incredible that he was able to you know kind of stay in front and get in the way of both Lou Williams, who's you know one right. of the faster scorers in the league. And a guy like LeBron James, who should be able to bully through and al- anyone, and, and he yeah. was able to defend both of those types of players. And also, couldn't some of that be, and I'm not trying to take away from Joe Ingles, but it, couldn't some of that just be their shock that he ste- <laughs> like he stayed with them? Like, I, I mean, is LeBron attacking him the way he attacks Kawhi Leonard? Not a chance, right? right? And so I think some of that is you don't take the defender as seriously. All of a sudden, they're with you, and you've got to throw up a shot or make a pass or whatever, and and you're not in the position you thought you were going to be in. I do think there's also, yeah, I, I think there's something to that, and I think when players think they're on weak defenders, yeah. like, I think they still do about Joe Absolutely. Ingles. I mean, you saw it in the finals on the biggest possession, right? Right. Steph Curry thought he had Kevin Love. Kevin Love played harder defense and better defense than Steph Curry was anticipating. Steph Curry didn't get to do what he wanted to do. Sometimes yeah. it's, you know, I mean, I don't want to take away from Kevin Love there either, but... You know, Steph Curry probably didn't take that situation as seriously as he should have. No, I, I and I think if and you kind of ease up a little bit there too, where yeah. you, you're not getting a screen sent that way, you're, right? You know, because that's what you would do against a good defender, right? right. You send a screen and run something, some yeah. team-oriented action. But you know, you get that isolation matchup that you want, and I think the Cavs would have taken LeBron James on Joe Ingles at the beginning of the game, and then absolutely. You, you struggle, or yeah. Lou Williams, or you know Devin Booker, any of these guys who he's defended over the last. Right. Week. Um, uh, this might be a hot take. He I'm wasn't sure. great on Devin Booker. I'm not sure Booker. Devin Booker's that good. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Ah, he's been great over the last couple of weeks. He's I know been, everyone. He's been pretty mediocre the two months before that. Yeah, that's fair. I, he's also very young, so yeah. I, I think what? we anointed him a little quickly. Uh, uh, anointed him what? As a good player. I think he's good. Is he? He's talented. What's okay? What's he doesn't know how to play basketball. I think he's pretty good at 
Like, he's I don't know. He's good at taking a lot of shots on a bad team. Yeah. I don't know. Something. Yeah, I guess okay. that's something. I mean, <laughs> for I mean, this guy's supposed to be a dead-eye shooter, and he's not that good of a shooter. No. That's my problem. That. And okay. he, he's he got to learn a lot of play, making a lot of defense. He's also like eight years old. So, <laughs> you know, I expect him to get better. I just don't think he's very good yet. Okay. I, I'm fine with that yeah, take. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, he's not that good yet. I, I think he's more likely to become good than like. Than not become good? Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay. <laughs> Glad we just circled each other there for 35 seconds. <laughs> ah, great times. Um, okay, so uh, when Rudy Gobert comes out of the game, I think the Jazz do have some defensive problems. Sure. Um, I, I think some of that is just, yeah, Rudy Gobert coming out of the game. And I think when George Hill comes out, I think maybe the difference even becomes more stark because there is a there's maybe a bigger difference between George Hill and the Jazz's backup point guards in terms of defending than the difference between Rudy Gobert and Derek Favors. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Dante Exum still very young and doesn't quite know. Not that he doesn't know what he's doing, but he's just, you know, there are awareness issues. There's fitting into the game plan that they've just gone over issues. Um, maybe he's lost a half step. Like, there's just a, you yeah. know, a kind of... Uh, potpourri of things that he needs to get past as a young player, which happens to almost every young player. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the flip side of that is Shelvin Mack is uh, he's okay. Like I, I mean, he's what percentile? Thirty-five. Uh, I was. Gonna, I immediately thought twentieth. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he's you know, yeah. like I don't think he's a complete disaster. I don't think he helps all that much in defensive situations. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm there. I so. feel better about him like digging down into the paint to deflect a ball or get a steal than I do staying in front of someone or or right. navigating a pick and roll. Agreed. Yeah. Um, and you know if if some backup point guard trying to post him up or something, but right. that doesn't like, like he's not Trey Burke, right? Right. Agreed. I mean, we're really hitting Trey Burke hard in, here. <laughs> what percentile is Trey Burke? Third percentile? Uh, that might be high. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So three. Yeah, I don't know. Was so that mean? Good. I hope his parents aren't listening. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Well, one, before we got to take a break, but um, what about Howell Neto? Where do you put him defensively? Like twentieth, twenty fifth percentile. Okay. See, and I would put him like average ish, like forty or fifty. Yeah, I don't think he's that good. Okay. Well, um, I'll go twenty five. Why? Because to uh, me, I, to me, he stays in front better than anybody than the other Jazz. Yeah, I think, I think he's bad off the ball. Hmm. Okay, I could I can be wrong about that, but that's my take on it. I think he's, I think he helps too far. Okay, yeah, I, he probably does. Yeah. All right. Anyway, let's take the break. <laughs> um, on the other side, we we actually have scheduled to talk a little bit more about Dante Exum. Yeah. I also want to talk about the Jazz's offense and and their starting lineup. Why that hasn't been maybe working as well as it did at the beginning of the season. All that talk next on the Salt City Hoop Show on ESPN seven hundred. Back to the analytics, opinions, and best breakdown of the Utah Jazz and the NBA. This is Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. All right, welcome back into the Salt City Hoops show. Andy Larson, Zach Harper joining you. Before we get into more talk, I want to answer our question from our favorite Greek um, radio show listener. He's listening at like 3 a.m. Greek time or whatever it is right now. Asking, will the Jazz be involved in any trades? Before the deadline, it's a little bit early, and I haven't yeah. like asked around really if right. any trades are going to happen. Um, I don't do believe think? so. Yeah, I, I, I don't see. I don't see the need. Like, uh, there's, you know, especially with Rodney Hood, um, the injury not being as serious as is once feared. I, you know, they're deep at every position. They're good. Do you try to find value with that depth? What's the value? Like, what what are you grabbing though? I right? Like, what makes you <laughs> what makes you better? I mean, yeah. Agreed. Um, I mean, I, okay. What I guess you could like trade Alec Burks and then get 
uh, value a f- value piece back. I don't even know what what would you want for Alec Burks. I don't know. I mean, like you're not a getting first. a first, right? Yeah, I, a heavily protected first. Is there any value in having that? Right. I you don't know? know that there is. So um, I I mean I I think maybe, you, I think if you're gonna move him, you move him in the summer. Right. Which I think you could still do. Yeah, yeah, I mean that that's a value is if you move Alec Burks, you get twelve million. I guess that's only ten million dollars in right. cap space, and then you give that money to Joe Ingles, basically this right. this off season. Yeah, which uh, I think is fine, but I I just but don't. Then know. you can do it in the summer. And yeah, like, like is, has Alec Burks played enough and healthy enough to for that, someone to be like, yep, I'm in. <laughs> right. You know, and that's not a knock on him. It's just he or well enough, right? Like he went five for seventeen in the D League last week. Right. Uh, you know, and he was just getting felt, shots up. And felt much worse than that. Yeah, being there. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't play all that well. And then his next NBA game, he was like three for four or whatever. Yeah, so, he was. But, yeah, so he got him, you know, kind of back in the swing of things. But I just, I like, I think he's a talented player. I just don't know that people would trust his medical history right now. Agreed. And yeah, and maybe that changes a month from now. Probably. Sure. Not. Yeah. Right. I mean, maybe four weeks from now or three weeks, whatever it is. Like a team gets desperate and they're like, "Hey, we need a guard off the bench." And then need wise again, like maybe a. Uh, Higher caliber backup point guard, but really, like, what's the difference between Shelvin Mack and a good backup point guard? Right. Like, I mean, who's going to be available there, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't. Oh, Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio for Derek Favors. <laughs> Ricky Rubio and and no. Ricky Rubio, a protected first in 2020 for Derek Favors and Alec Burks to clear the to clear that what's cap space. Rubio's contract like 13 a year, 13 to 14 and a half a year over the next three years. No. Then you've got insurance if George Hill bolts. I love Ricky Rubio. Oh, I don't think it's a good idea. But I'm, I'm just yeah, trying I, to find a a deal that shakes up the Jazz enough. Yeah, I any deal. I I don't I don't think it works. Right. Yeah, I I, I struggled. Maybe you you know trade Howell Neto or Shelvin Mack to someone who needs a backup point guard and and get sure. some, some value. Yeah, you know, maybe you four get, point guards is a lot. Yeah, maybe you get a couple of high second round picks or something for Howell Neto. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, these, I are, just, these are not even trades that anyone gets excited. Right. About. Like, I just don't think there's a need for the Jazz to make a move, and I and I still think that we're gonna have a pretty quiet trade deadline, um, yeah, just because of the changing economics of the league. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, let me ask you about the starting lineup right now. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's not gone well. So in particular, the Jazz starting lineup right now is, I believe, minus six um, points per hundred possessions. Uh, this is the George Hill, Rodney Hood, Rudy Gobert, Derek Favors, Gordon Hayward lineup, um, which, you know, the rest of the Jazz are are doing really well. They're a good team. That's why they're, you know, the fifth seed and, and everything else. Um, but for whatever reason, that lineup doesn't seem to be working. Is that just a small sample size thing? Is that uh, spacing on the floor thing? The Favors Gobert worry that everyone's always had about those two being on the floor together. You know, what what's going on there? Yeah, I mean, George Hill has been okay coming back right but he's he doesn't look um not i wouldn't say he doesn't look 100 percent. he doesn't look a he doesn't look as fine-tuned as he as he has earlier this season right like he's not quite as effective Derek favors not hitting that jumper quite as often as you'd like and yeah i think there's been some spacing issues i think it's just a a, a matter of getting accustomed to each other back on the court yeah. um you know maybe like i don't think they took orlando all that seriously yeah, I think that I think honestly that's part of it is just how bad it, they're actually only minus three points per hundred possession, so I take it back minus five. But um, I, 
yeah, I, I think that is a large part of it. Is they didn't take Orlando that seriously. They honestly didn't take Detroit that seriously. Right. I thought, and you know, that first half wasn't good. Um, and I, I do think that sometimes it's the Jazz are going to have matchups where it makes sense not to have Derek Favors play that many minutes. I mean, yeah, I agree. With I that. thought Cleveland, for example, last week was was a good example where uh, the Jazz just did so much better with Trey Lyles spacing the floor, and then they could run these little slip screens yeah. for Trey Lyles to get wide, wide open threes. And, yeah, I mean, if that's that's what you get, and that's then, why you have depth, right? Right. So you can be you can be malleable. Like you can, you can be a team that adjusts to whatever style of play you need to adjust to. And I think that, um, you know, I think that's kind of what Quinn Snyder's all about, right? Like he wanted to be this high pace team when he took over the jazz and then the personnel doesn't fit that. And so he adjusts to like, all right, this is what we're going to do. This is what we have the personnel to do. And then as they, you know, as Dennis Lindsay acquires more pieces over the years that are a little bit more interchangeable and more versatile, then you have the option to, we want to play big and slow tonight, we want to play a little faster, we want to play a little more versatile. You have those options. Is it bad of me that I'm worried about what Derek Favors thinks about that? Um, I mean, I guess there is the concern that all of this could boil over into long-term considerations, right? Right. I mean, so, for example, against Phoenix, didn't finish the game, Boris D outed. Right. Derek Favors knows that he's a better player than Boris Diaw, sure. but I think for that matchup, playing Diaw made the most sense there. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think that's that's a hard thing for a player to realize, especially one that has played you know 36 minutes a night and has been the starting guy and you know near All Star caliber in in years past. Yeah, I mean, I think that this this is the the thing you have to ask good players to accept, right? Right. And sometimes it's not your night for a matchup for the way you're playing, whatever. Um, and that's where you'd really test the team chemistry of it all. And 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 I'm not saying you need to test whether or not Derek Favors uh, is gung ho enough for this team that he's willing to not play in certain situations. But uh, I don't know. That kind of tests like whether or not the team is ready to take the next step. Yeah, I, I think that's that's fair, and I I think it's fair to ask Derek to do that. I I don't know. Again, I I don't know how Derek feels about it. I I suspect that he's feeling a like he's not being he hasn't played like himself this season and b that he wishes he had more minutes and the chance to finish games in order to kind of get that rhythm back um and and it's just it's what okay so i guess my question is if you there may be a time where it turns out most nba games maybe that Derek favors rudy gobert combination doesn't work at the end of games um does that become a problem uh, if it does, then that kind of tells you what you need to know about the long-term fit of him on this right. team, right? I mean, I kind of, like, maybe that's a little too cutthroat, but I kind of no, think that's, that's right. how it should be viewed. And, you know, he's got a year after this, and, you know, it, yeah. it's it's a real possibility that he, you know, leaves in free agency or the Jazz decide to do something with his contract sure. between now and then, basically. Right. Benjamin Gaines has a question for us on Twitter asking, how would you guys grade Quinn Snyder at the halfway point of the season? Give him an A-? minus. Like, I think... Yeah, I think he's been excellent. I, yeah, I like to me. Uh, it, I think he's at least partially to largely responsible for the defensive system that yeah. does make Rudy Gobert good. Right. And so if if Rudy Gobert is ninety percent, then is Quinn ten? Quinn's the other ten, <laughs> That's and it. the okay. rest of the players they just they're just <laughs> hanging on. <laughs> That's all they're doing. Um. Yeah, I, I'm with you, and, and I mean, like everyone in in the world knows I'm a Quinn Snyder homer, but like he, I, I think he's 
basically responsible for a both a defensive and an off- offensive system that have outperformed expectations, any reasonable yeah. expectations, right? You know, that you're first in the league defensively, 10th in the league offensively. With this core, you know, a top 10 is is really impressive, and especially given that the Jazz don't force any turnovers, like, at all. They're the right. second-worst turnover team in the league. They're not getting those easy baskets that a lot of other teams do that help out that offensive rating. It's really just, like... They're well spaced, half court execution yeah. every time. They're and great in pick and roll. That, they hit threes like right. They move the ball really well. Um, yeah, and I think that I don't know. You could be confused by some end of game lineups that he's done, gone with this year that maybe haven't worked out. You can yeah. get upset with some of the rotational stuff you know, earlier in games, but for the most part, I think he he's handled it and he's handled it well. And this team was buried by injuries last year in a way they couldn't overcome, right? Now, they're a deeper team this year, so they should be able to overcome those, but still, that takes coaching. Mm-hmm. Like, to get guys ready, to have them ready, the coaching staff, you know, not just Quinn Snyder, but the assistants deserve that credit, too. Like, they, they've done a great job of unifying um, and and kind of that cliched strength and numbers thing that the, the Warriors have, you know, gone on about for two seasons as a marketing ploy. Like, there's a very real aspect of that with, a lot of good deep teams where someone goes down and you just step up and this year they're not letting those injuries bury them. They're winning those games still. Yeah, that's a good point. I think you also have to give him some credit for the development of especially Gordon Hayward and Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Uh, from, Rodney Hood too. Yeah. Is Rodney Hood better than he was? Last year? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Okay. Uh, like uh, his shooting percentage is worse. Um I, I th- think his defense is about the same, but Oh, okay. I think his defense is better. I think the way he attacks is better. Okay. I I'm fine with uh, again, I'm not going to argue. Like, whatever. I, I, I think he's about the same player he was last year. Okay. But I, I'll, how about, I'll, I'm still giving him credit for Gordon Hayward and Rodney Hood. Or, nope, not Rodney Hood. Rudy Gobert. Not good enough. <laughs> Quinn, if you're listening, I tried. Very disappointed in you. Yeah, very disappointed in you. You don't want Quinn Snyder disappointed in you. Like, we've seen that look. Right? It's an evil bench. look. It's, yeah, it's, it's legitimately a, scary. It's, it's villainous. Yeah. Don't. Don't. Yeah. Look at me like that. Right. Someone asked if uh, if Quinn Snyder or Tom Thibodeau was more of a Bond villain. And I don't think Quinn Snyder is really a Bond villain-looking type of guy. Yeah. He's he's, he's maybe he's like, like, a, like, an, like an, uh, a Wayne's brother villain, yeah. like from a early 90s movie. Like maybe Mo Money, Mo Problems. If you put him into the main villain role, I think he fits that a little bit better. I think Tibbs' voice especially helps with the villainousness. Right? Yeah, uh, other people were saying Tibbs is kind of like a like the Penguin. Yeah, which maybe fits better. I think. Yeah, I think that's good. I, I think that Quinn's voice is too Seattle to like. It's very Seattle. <laughs> it is <laughs> really be like ah, this man's a Pacific Northwest villain. Right. You know? it's, it's, it's just hard to to see. Uh, <laughs> thanks for the question, Ben. Uh, Jazz Crusader Wizard, by the way, chimes in. I would grade him on a comparative of team success and towards other coaches and team expectations. Well, thank you. Um, sure. We that's what we did. That's yeah. I feel like that's exactly what we did. Well done. <laughs> uh, so the offense has slowed down a little bit recently. Um, yeah. I think they're twentieth in their last ten games compared to you know being eighth or whatever it was right. in the first thirty games. Um, I'm not that worried about that honestly, just because players stopped making as many shots from outside. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Rodney Hood's been hurt. George Hill was hurt for the first part of that. Uh, do you, I mean, are you worried at all that people are picking up what the Jazz are doing? Or I, no, I think it's, I, a, it's a pretty simple offense, honestly. Like I think turnovers are the issue with them, right? Okay. Like, it's, a, it's because they pass so much. They pass more than any team in the league, right? Mm-hmm. They were like this last year. I'm pretty sure that's still the number this year. 
Um, I think they're third and fourth in passes, or fourth in passes this year for whatever reason. Fourth in passes, okay. They were first last year by like yeah, sixty a passes a game yeah. or something like something absurd like up. that. Um, but because they pass so much, it just I think leaves it open to more turnovers. They've been pretty sloppy with the with a lot of turnovers as of late. Um, I'd have to check on the open shooting numbers. I feel like they're missing open shots. Yeah. Uh, outside of Joe Ingles, who doesn't miss anything at this point. Ooh, the Jazz are all the way down to sixth in passes Whoa. made. How about that? Yeah, that's something. So maybe the league has caught on. The the Sixers are first, by the way. Okay. Sixers first, Celtics, Knicks, Nets, Spurs. I'm surprised the Celtics are there because Isaiah Thomas just – I mean, maybe he's passing to himself. <laughs> Not an Isaiah Thomas fan. <laughs> it's, it's a smart play. Um, except that's also traveling. Don't, I, don't only, pass yourself. Only if they call it. That's true. Yeah. They almost didn't call that Russell Westbrook travel. I don't think they didn't. I don't think. I don't think they almost didn't call it. I think they thought like, all right, now we're five steps in. What's going <laughs> on? I want to see how long this goes. That's a, yeah. I think. I mean, if you see a guy just walk with the ball, it's different than missing a third step on a drive. Right. I think there was just a little dumbfounded nature there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. This is. This is not. I'm not making fun of the referees. Right. I just, this was. I just this was a. Funny. You got to be kidding me, Russ. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's not. What, you, what game are you playing? <laughs> All right, we got to take another break. On the other side, we've got more jazz and NBA talk coming up next on the Salt City Hoop Show on ESPN 700. The home of the best Utah jazz and NBA breakdown is right here. This is Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. All right, welcome back into the Salt City Hoop Show. A couple things that happened in the NBA while we were on break. I don't know if they happened while we were on break, but we, we found them on Twitter yeah. while we were on break. First of all, um, Pau Gasol fractured his fourth metacarpal. That's the fourth, the ring finger in your left hand. Yeah. Uh, somehow during warm-ups today. Okay. Uh, and as a result was out of tonight's game against Denver uh, and his timeline still to be determined if it's like other fractured metacarpals uh you know you're looking about a month out yeah four to six weeks so maybe six to eight no i guess he if depending on if he needs surgery probably four to six something yeah. like in that range yeah yeah so it yeah, obviously depends on the type of fracture or whatever but uh so that obviously changes maybe a little bit the western conference complexion although the spurs have actually been better when pau gasol's on the bench so. amazingly like plus 6.5 for 100 possessions with him on the floor plus 12.7 with him off the floor Dwayne deadman great He's nba player fantastic shot blocker fantastic role man great rebounder um just a good defender all around yeah how did that, if like Do you know how much he's making five three Really? Three million dollars. Bismack Biombo got seventy-two million dollars. Deadman got a two-year, six million dollar deal. I think second year is player option, so he I should make some money. I think we really like under like if defense were offense, and we could really kind of like have stats for every kind of way an offensive player helps their team, or a defensive player helps their team in the same way an offensive player helps their right. team. We'd be able to see guys like Dwayne Deadman and and uh, heck Draymond. Although yeah. Draymond gets enough stats that it it shows up. You know, kind of some of these role players who aren't as obvious at, at how good they are defensively, they would get these major contracts. Like, Yeah, I think three years ago he was the best rim protector in the league, like even better than Rudy. I could be wrong about that, or he, was, or he was right in the running of it. Mm. Well, he was right around there. I mean, he was fantastic. He played limited minutes. It was like 15, 17 minutes a game, but he was, I mean, you just couldn't score on him at the rim. Yeah. Uh, anyway, great pickup, and I think he's he's going to be getting a lot more minutes now that Pau Gasol is out for the next month. Yeah. Uh, and then the second thing was Pop actually got ejected right. during this game. 
in the second quarter uh, yelled, you're a terrible referee at Benny Adams, which is accurate, not libelous. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then a uh, fellow referee threw him out of the game. Yeah. The best part of this, and you can find this on your Twitter account, Zach, at Talk Hoops, uh, was that Pop Emmanuel Moutier mimicked the referee throwing him out of the game right in front of Pop. I don't know if the official ejected Pop or if Emmanuel Moutier ejected Pop. It <laughs> happened at the exact same time. <laughs> Just, well, you're out. A couple of really great angles on it where uh, you see him deliver the second tee and throw him out. <laughs> Just fantastic. I love this league so much. It's so much fun. We're going to get into the player voting a little bit, which is also so great tremendous. to dissect. Yeah. I'm, I'm very glad that they gave players a vote because it's there's just a lot of like little nitpicky things yeah. that are are actually pretty indicative of I think about like seventy eight percent of players voted, so not even everyone voted. It's, it's, great. Eh, it's better than U.S. presidential election yeah, turnouts. That's, that's true. So, whatever. <laughs> uh, we wanted to talk about Dante Exum a little bit in this segment, and in particular, whether or not he's a any good right now, and b will ever become good, which are you know the big right. questions regarding Dante Exum. No uh, and yes. Yeah, I, I think right now I don't know that he has an NBA skill that like keeps him on the floor. I mean, right? he's, a, Which, he's still a solid defender, right? I like he's making enough mistakes that I don't know. I can I believe in that right now. Okay, fair enough. I I still think he's a solid defender. Um, he, I mean, offensively, if he's not going to the basket, I I just don't know what you do. He's he's not a good shooter, right? Whatsoever. Can't, he's like thirty one percent or something like that. Uh, I've got from his stats three. here. Yeah. Um. And, and it's just, it seems painfully obvious to scouting reports now that he will not attack with his left hand. Right. Okay, I mean, he's ex- 27%. For 27%, you. okay. Uh, he's extremely right-handed, which, yes. um, you know, you just can't be in the NBA. Right. And, yeah, I scouting reports have picked up on that. You can tell. Yeah. And they just make him go to his left, and he can't go to his left, and so he doesn't do right. anything. Right. Like, he, he can't, you can't be an assist man if you can't penetrate right like you can't make the defense move and and do what you want to do right the vision doesn't help you at all i also look at it though and and maybe this is overvaluing what we think potential can be with him um but it is like he is just very inexperienced Mm -hmm. you know and so i don't know how good he should be right now coming off an acl injury probably better than this i mean i don't think you absolve him of his bad play but uh but yeah like i don't i don't know i think he's I think he's got some. I think he's got some talent. I think he's got a lot of awareness and you know understanding to figure out, and that will happen with experience and time. If you're his agent, do you send him to the D League? I think it would benefit. I get the idea of if he doesn't play well there, then that's a huge confidence rip, right? Yeah, but he hasn't played well in the NBA. You yeah, know, like if you're not playing well in the D League, you've got bigger problems. Quite frankly, right. than your confidence. Right. Um, you're just. Yeah, I mean, I think he should try a game there. Yeah, and I see. agree. Uh, like I just you need reps and he need and he needs reps that give him confidence as well not just knowledge but confidence do, do you still believe that he can become a good player you know uh, yeah absolutely all, even an all-star level player I don't all-star there that seems pretty far Agreed. right yeah like there's a ton of difference there. yeah like I mean a, a guy who currently can't shoot can't dribble with his left hand and we're not sure how good of a defender he's been at least right. recently like i mean to say like he can become an all-star probably okay. probably extreme right and and i mean i think that's fair to say that that was the hope yeah. for him could he be he a starting drafted. point guard absolutely okay okay um i yeah i i kind of share that too that i i don't think that his ceiling is as high as you know i think jazz fans hoped right. 
he's got to figure out too many things, quite frankly, yeah. to be that kind of all-star level player. Also, though, um, I mean, two healthy off seasons where you can just go out, you know, go at it and work on work on skill development and work on you know shooting and all this stuff. Like, you give him two summers, and I know that's not ideal with like contract times and everything. But you give him two summers, like you could see a gigantic improvement with him. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. Um, is it such that you would say that it's a bad pick? No, no, because it, would he be this bad had he not torn his ACL? I highly doubt it. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, I stuff happens. Like right. injuries happen. It's not like he's injured to the point where he's busted, right? Like he's not Greg Oden busted. Right. He had an injury. It set him back his development. He'll probably be fine. Yeah, I, I think that's that's a good point, and I think yeah, you know, we'll we'll see how he does in the second half of the year and next year, especially. I think this offseason is huge, huge, huge Gigantic, for him, right? Yeah. You know, it's whether or not he gets another contract in the NBA. Uh, at least more uh, than a minimum. I think that's dramatic. Anthony yeah. Bennett got a one. I mean, he got a one-year minimum deal, but now he's out of the league. Yeah, Anthony Bennett was worse than this. Okay, <laughs> I mean, that's, much worse. That's fair. Yeah. He, for what it's worth, Dante has the second lowest PER of players who have played as many minutes that he has in NBA history. Yeah, I mean, he, out of like a thousand players, he hasn't had a lot of good time good. on the court. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I think he can. I think he can improve. I'm still kind of hopeful. I wouldn't put all my eggs in that basket. Right. Yeah. All take right. some eggs out. We got to take. A, <laughs> we got to take a break. On the other side, we've got All Star Talk and starters announced next on the Salt City Hoop Show on ESPN 700. You're listening to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. All right, welcome back into the Salt City Hoop Show on ESPN 700. Andy Larson, Zach Harper with you. Uh, by the way, this is a social show, so you guys can ask any questions you want on Twitter, or uh, you can even call into the show to 877-353-0700. Again, that's 877-353-0700. Tweet us at Andy B. Larson or at Talk Hoops, just like our friend Jamo did. Jamo Hole is his Twitter handle. Yeah. It asks, do the Jazz look to lock up Ingles before the end of the season or wait till the summer and roll the dice? Well, the the bad news is they can't right. r- lock him up before the end of the season. So it's not like George Hill and uh, Derek, Derek, yeah, Favors. It's Derek Favors' yeah. contract that they can uh, basically renegotiate as, as part of an extension. Uh, Ingles is not eligible for that because his initial contract was only two years, not long enough right. for a renegotiation, renegotiation extension kind of setup. So weird extension rules that I don't like in the NBA. I guess. You what would you prefer? Would you prefer you can just do it whenever? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Why not? I, what's the What's the problem with that? I don't know. Like. Yeah. I, it seems fine. It probably stifles some player movement. I guess they ne- they only want to stifle player movement when it's poorly affected them. The other thing I guess is it also stifles like player sit-outs, right, where they don't play in order to get a contract renegotiated. Right. But whatever. Well, I guess whatever prevents that happens in the holdouts. NFL, right? yeah. yeah, holdouts is a bummer. Yeah, if it's if that's what it takes to prevent holdouts, okay, I'm in. So you're you're pro it. I guess so. I guess <laughs> I've, I've talked myself back into it. Change your mind. Uh, anyway, yeah, tweet us if you have any more questions. Um, here's, a, here's a trade idea that just came into my head while we watched this Washington. Ooh. Wizards New York Knicks game. Uh, Wizards currently lead the Knicks by five. By the way, the Heat uh, currently lead the Dallas Mavericks by three. The Jazz's next opponent tomorrow. Yeah. Um, what if would you trade Derek Favors for Carmelo Anthony? If in a magical world he would be willing to waive his no trade clause. Ooh. Mellow uh, older 
obviously. Yeah. Uh, Does Mello take a backseat to Gordon Hayward? Probably not. Probably not. And you probably would like him to on the court. Yeah, that's... I mean, uh, so you start talent Mello wi- at the four, right? Talent-wise, I like it. Yeah. I mean, Mello... Mello uh, I, I know we are supposed to not like Carmelo Anthony in this uh, 2017 world of NBA, but I still think he's awesome. Like, I don't <laughs> think yeah. he's as awesome as he used to be. I still think you put him... You put him on not the Knicks, I think, like, in a good organization with structure, I think he could be pretty good. Yeah. I I'm, I, I agree with that. I like, don't know that it fits this team. I mean, maybe that allows I, Quinn to play more up-tempo. Does it? I, I, I It allows him to space the floor. To yeah. me, that's that's what you would do with him is play him as a four. Space, yeah. Although, I mean, Melo hasn't really shot the three that well this year, right? I, I don't know. What I think he's, he's like 34%. That could have been like a month ago when I checked. Still probably the Jazz's best. Oh. Power forward, three-point shooter. Oh, I thought you were going to say best shooter. No. I, that's thought, <laughs> I thought that's a hot take. <laughs> it's a very hot take. Carmelo's uh, shooting 35.7%. All right, better, better than average. I thought. Yeah. It's better than Rodney Hood. Whoa. Ooh. By like 0.1%. By like, yeah, 1%. But oh, he's like 35.6, isn't he? Let's look it up. <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing out these Rodney Hood bombs. Just hating on Rodney. Yeah, 35.8%. Oh, he's, oh my God. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm such a Rodney Hood hater oh, today. This is awful. I like Rodney. Don't Apparently just... not. <laughs> Rumor has it that you were upset when he hadn't torn his ACL. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> cried. The tears of sadness. Yeah. Uh, I'm, yeah, an awful human being. Anyway, <laughs> Rodney, I love you. Rodney is actually maybe my favorite jazz player to talk to in the locker He's room. He's great. I love watching him play. I love talking to him. Yeah. He's great. Anyway, all star starters announced yes. today. Chaos. And a whole lot of oh. a whole lot of controversy. A lot of people in their feelings, a lot of people angry. You know what? But it's the people out there, our listeners, the fan voters who really messed this up. Yep. It's so it's Steph Curry and James Harden as your starting backcourt mm. and not Russell Westbrook, who is currently averaging a triple double. Whilst leading the league in scoring. Yeah. That seems good. He's all, first first in the league in assists as well, or is he second? Uh, he might be behind Wall. That's right. And then he's 12th, I believe, in rebounds per game, which right. is you which know, pretty good for a, a for point a guard. For a point guard, that's pretty good. Uh, but not not a starter. Because, I mean, in, in the fans' defense, Steph Curry is the former the two-time reigning... Sort of face of the league, right? Unanimous MVP. Yeah. But like it's him and he LeBron. probably shouldn't have started. I don't know. Fans wanted him. Yeah, okay. This is, but this is the problem, right? It's not who deserves to start. It's who gets votes. Right. That's what it is. And so this is my problem of people saying, this guy deserves to start. Not if you didn't vote for him enough. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's how, yeah, that's how it breaks down. Like, if people thought Russ deserved to start, they should have voted more for him. Yeah. And, and then, so it breaks down 50% of the vote goes to the fans, 25% to the media, 25% to the players. Correct. Players, only about 78% of the players voted. So, I mean, what do you do? You got fans not voting enough, players not voting enough, players voting for themselves. I like the voting for yourself. I do like this chaos part (laughs) of it. I got to admit, I really do like how poorly it seems to have gone. Yes. Um, But yeah, like James Harden and Russell Westbrook would be my starting backcourt for the All-Star game, right? Yeah. But they're not. So get over it. Right. Vote more next next year. Yeah. Get get more friends. Yeah. Get more bots. Create bots to retweet. Get millions the, of friends. The Georgians are doing that. The, the, Your solution is get millions of friends. <laughs> yes. Wow. Well, you gotta wield influence. I'd start somehow. with ten. 
ten is a good number yeah, of friends to it's have. It's a solid number. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I I strive for ten friends. Right. Uh, no, you had the dinner last night where there were I I like paid people to come, but I had right. ten friends. <laughs> you almost paid for half the table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that was that was close. Yeah. Risky move by me. Anyway. Uh, all-Star Western Conference front court is Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, and Anthony Davis. I have no problem with that. That's that's good. Seems pretty. Three probably best front court players in the league, right? Yeah. Like you go argue Ooh. Boogie Cousins. LeBron there? James. I mean, in the West. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say? The league? Yeah. Not the league. LeBron's good. <laughs> okay. Uh, you could argue Boogie Cousins deserves a sp- deserves a starting spot um, yeah. based on merit, but uh, he didn't get the votes. So what yeah, do you do? I'm. I'm Completely fine with that front court. I think yeah. that's a very obvious front court. And then in the Eastern Conference, uh, again, controversy with the guards, I think it's fair to say. Uh, yeah. Where DeMar DeRozan and Kyrie Irving were the were the starting backcourt. Mine would have been uh, Kyle Lowry and John Wall. Yeah, two different players. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I would have gone Kyle and I, I waffled between Isaiah and Kyrie. I mean, nobody wants to watch Isaiah Thomas. This is my problem. I, nobody wants to watch a short guy take all the shots. It's a possible that... You don't want to watch a short guy take all the shots, and you're projecting a little bit. No. Okay. <laughs> Not possible at all. This is 100% fact. <laughs> just just asking. If if Isaiah Thomas was on the Knicks, there isn't a single Celtics fan that would like him. No, of course not. Right. But if he was on the Knicks, he'd also get more all-star votes. <laughs> I don't know. Carmelo didn't. Oh, that's, and that's you just tried point. to trade him to the Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> he's not coming. Had a had a meeting with Phil Phil Jackson sure. saying he's not waiving his trade no trade deal. Yeah, which, shocker. Right. Uh, so who's the East? East the East is DeRozan East. and Kyrie Irving. Yeah, and then in the front court you got LeBron, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Jimmy Butler. Yeah, I'm fine with the front court. Yeah. Um, I maybe would have swung. No, yeah, I'm fine with the with the front court. I was thinking, do I want Chris Stapps in there? But I just want Chris Stapps in there for fun. Yeah, um, I, I would, I, Joel Embiid would be another fun front. Yeah, choice, like I mean, again. I I think that's a possibility for a reserve. Um, is it crazy that Kyrie Irving and Demar Derozan are the starting backcourt though? They're all stars, right? Like yeah. they should be on the team. Yeah. So then I don't know what's it's, what are we doing? It's fine. Yeah. Like right. It would have been mine, but th- but Steph I, Curry should be on the team. It's not like Kobe Bryant and Dwayne Wade got voted in, right? right? Like that's, that was the worst. Kobe Bryant had like you could make an argument that he had the worst season of all time last year. Yeah. Uh, and still got voted. Except for in. the last game. Last right. game was, was pretty good. Was, <laughs> An unfortunate moment in my personal history. Yeah, uh, yeah. But anyway, besides that, that hadn't happened by All Star voting right. time. We'll put it that way. Um, are you disappointed at the number of votes for jazz players by fans? Uh, I, I had a couple of jazz fans really complaining to me about like how did how is Rudy Gobert not started? And my thing was you didn't vote. Rudy Go and also Rudy Gobert shouldn't start. Right, right? like he's not one of the top three front court players. Right, exactly. Um, and he hasn't had one of the top three front court seats. Seasons, but, right? you know, he's had a better season than, like, Steven Adams, right? Or Power sure. Gasol or Ryan Anderson or, you know, a whole sure. bunch of these guys ahead of him. And for that, I think it's fair to say, like, yo, Jazz fans, you know, maybe you should have voted more. I mean, so, I like, mean, Rudy Gobert got 124,000 votes. and That's the, embarrassing to me. The Jazz Twitter account, for example, has 600,000 followers. Right. So Five, 561,000 followers for the Jazz Twitter account. Okay. 1.2 million likes on Facebook. You get Rudy Gobert 124,000 votes. Like to me, it's just on the fans. Like wh- yeah. whether the players and media would have voted them in anyway, and they wouldn't have. Right. You're looking at or as starters, you're looking at uh, 124,000 votes for 
for Rudy Gobert. Like I just think right. that's embarrassing. I think I think that's and one hundred sixty thousand for Gordon Hayward, by the way. Right. I mean, so, come on. Again. Like, that's crazy to me. So even to be in the top ten, Mark Gasol was tenth right now. At, at, actually, to end it at two hundred seventy-three thousand. So Gordon Hayward was still one hundred thirteen thousand behind. Even getting on that top ten leaderboard, right, right? Exactly. where you get to show your name off. Yeah, you know, if you don't get... McGee got two hundred twenty-nine thousand. I mean, he is an all-star talent, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, and there, are, I mean, there's a... there's some concern that like one Zaza Pachulia got that many votes because of hacking or bots right. or whatever. Um, there are a lot of people that said if like when they voted for when they voted for. Kawhi Leonard immediately like 10 to 20 bots were retweeting as soon as they tweeted that they were mm. re- retweeted immediately by people who didn't follow them so really you can either find more jazz fan friends or get better at coding or watch Mr. Robot yeah that's that's what I would do John Wall just made an incredible play he's by the good way. just should be an all-star up, in my opinion up one gets a steal and then goes behind the back in transition yeah to get Get the dunk, like he, he's, avoid the foul. He's stupid good. Yeah, that was that was impressive. Anyway, uh, not an all star yet. No, <laughs> but I think. But he will reasonable. be in a week, right? Yeah, I, I'm with you that you know ultimately the fans probably could have and should have voted more, but it, I and I don't think that there are a lot of like jazz casual fans that have bought into this. Well, event. here's the here's the thing that I think though about this whole. So I don't think there are a lot of fans that understand the voting system. Hmm. I really don't. I mean, if you look at the number of votes coming out for guys compared to the in the past when you have like the paper ballots that you punch holes in and stuff. Yeah, why isn't that still a thing? I have no idea. Those were fun. I guess people just didn't want to count those anymore. That is so they a just wanted to count tweets. I, but whatever it was, like, I think there uh, there is a large sector. Uh, to us, we know the voting because we're in this NBA bubble, right? right? But I don't I don't think there are a lot of people, even social media people, uh, following these team accounts that understand the voting system and how you take advantage of it and everything. So I just I think it's a voting system that people are unaware of. Okay. And that's why voting is lower and that's why um you don't see the turnout for, you know, someone like Rudy Gobert or whatever. I think if you had those ballots in the arena, yeah. Probably double his votes, right? Like yeah, I mean I think point. a lot of people would have done that. You'd get more in arena votes for Rudy Gobert than you might for like Nikola Jokic, who again right. the Nuggets don't have fans. Right. They have eighty people at the game. Right. Counting players. <laughs> I'm glad we counted them. Pretty sure that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Jokic did finish ahead of both Gordon Hayward and Rudy Gobert, by the way. Yeah. Anyway. Those 80 people voted a lot. My favorite was the player votes. Again, as yeah. you pointed out, 25% of the voting this year. This is great. Uh, and 324 players out of the 400 and whatever-ish 440 players. 440-ish players, yeah. yeah. That, uh, that exist in the NBA. Uh, and there are some fun fun things that, that went on here. So first of all, uh, Zaza Pachulia... Not just didn't just hack the the Twitter system, also hacked the players. So because all right. nineteen players voted for Zaza. You gotta think the entire Warriors roster voted and voted for him, right? Okay. That's fourteen or fifteen votes. I don't know how many people they exactly they have on the roster. Yeah. So four other players? So four four, other four players or five did. other players are like, you know what? Why not? And yeah. I mean, that to me is like a protest vote. That's like yeah. don't ever ask us to vote don't, again. Yeah, like, I don't never want to do the this. Fans again. Do it. Right. The fans wanted it. Yeah. Zaza. This is voting in Harambe or whatever. Like, this is a write-in yeah, vote. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but Harambe in this one, you know, finished 11th, 12th in player vote. So, right. Or, and Harambe is Zaza Pajulia. Right. Stephen Adams was 10th. So, yeah. Stephen Adams should not start an all-star game. No. How, no, did, he get, how did he get 20 votes? Because no one took it seriously. How did, how, so be, maybe because he's alphabetically first? 
Oh, maybe that. Maybe they just went down no, the list. That might be it. Yeah. Ooh. That, that, Too bad this wasn't around when Allah Abdinali was playing. <laughs> that, that's a good... I, I wonder how much that had an effect on I kind of Now totals. that you mentioned I hadn't considered it, I think that's 100% of why he got votes. <laughs> no, I <laughs> love there, Steven Adams. Is there Adams. anybody above him alphabetically? I, I think he is first alphabetically yeah. among Western Conference I'm in on players. this idea. Yeah, I, I bet that's why. Okay. Yeah. Makes me feel good. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Gordon Hayward got a surprising number of player votes, by the way. 29 people thought he should be a front court starter. An excellent player. Excellent player, but like better than Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, DeMarcus Cousins, Marcus All, et cetera, et cetera. No, but also how many people took this seriously? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, that's that, that's the troubling thing that you come back to. But is, how, do you, how do you take it medium seriously? Like enough seriously to vote Gordon Hayward I, in and well, not... One, I think the Denver team voted as a team absolutely because wilson chandler has 14 votes yeah that's <laughs> yeah that's... meanwhile the lakers <laughs> did not vote as a team by the way no deangelo russell got one vote marcelo huertas got also two got, no he got one. Oh, uh jose calderon got two i think Tariq black got three. Oh boy <laughs> yeah so this nick young thing with deangelo <laughs> yeah. russell still feeling it yeah not not well liked among no, his teammates apparently not that's that's a bad sign for deangelo russell yeah. Uh, <laughs> Cole Aldrich got three. Yeah. Andrew Wiggins got five. So only two people voted for Wiggins over Cole Aldrich. That's I mean <laughs> That sucks. <laughs> Those, and they were probably Timberwolves. Yeah. And you, yeah, you have a lot of one vote guys um, voting for themselves, I'm sure. Yeah. How did Wilson Chandler get 14 votes? Because like, Tanilo Gardenari I, I re- only got 11. Yeah, but like Jokic got 17. How many Like how many players around the league think like, oh, you know what? Jokic should be an all-star. No one. Right. Other than 17 people. How did, uh, other than, how are there 20 players who think Steven Adams? Like it just. Well, here's the, here's the, here's my favorite one is uh, Chris Middleton, who has not played yet this year, got two votes. <laughs> Uh, Bryce Johnson, who at least, like, at least we've heard of Chris Middleton. And right, he's, he's played before player, and he's right? good. Bryce Johnson's never Has played not. a second. <laughs> never played an NBA game. Also got two votes. Yeah. Uh, I mean... Rajon Rondo got a vote, so Rajon Rondo voted. That's exciting. <laughs> I just think, like... So here's what I'm, I'm laughing most Didn't about. Didn't Mo Williams retire? He... Uh, he got traded this week. He got traded, but he's Did like he retiring. Reti- yeah, I think he's. He got a vote. He he got waived this week. And yeah, I think he said he's not coming back. Yeah, but like, but at he, least, the, but there the player voting happened before the trade and the. But he hadn't played this season. Like he yeah. he retired. He effectively retired before the season. So do do they get votes if you're still on a roster somewhere? Do you still get to vote? Probably right. I want to know if anyone tried to vote for Kobe. Mm. They just typed it in. Yeah, Emmanuel Mudiay got eleven votes. Yeah, I mean, definitely De- the Denver, Nuggets. Denver showed out. Yeah. Proud of proud of the Nuggets. They don't have any fans, but they have no. fans within their own. <laughs> but they like each other. Yeah. <laughs> within their own locker room, they're, they're big fans. Isn't it interesting that, um, that CJ McCollum got more player votes than Chris Paul? Ooh, that is interesting. Also, that either of them would get votes in a year where <laughs> Russ is averaging a triple-double. James Harden's getting 50-point triple-doubles. Yeah. There Steph two, Curry exists. There are two slots for Russ, James Harden, and Steph Curry, and like... Dozens of players yeah. are like, actually... Lillard gets 33, McCollum, McCollum gets 23, Paul 22, Conley 14, or 17, Clay Thompson 14, like... How did Rodney Hood get 10 votes? Jazz, All Jazz? Jazz must have voted. Jazz, so, but then, so how do you, how do 10 people on the Jazz vote for Rodney Hood and, I don't know. George Hill got nine? George Hill got nine, okay. 
Yeah. And he doesn't deserve it because he played 16 Mountain games time zone voting. <laughs> Real turnout <laughs> for the about. mountain time zone. It's just it's just fascinating all of these like intra-player. So many players just don't like other players. Right. The other one is Draymond Green, right? Like finished yeah. fifth in the fan voting and finished, I think, eighth or ninth in the, the player voting. Right. Like Players really don't like Draymond Green. The idea is that the players should know the little things about the game, right? Yeah. Like they should recognize... The, the true, the otherwise unloved players by the fans right. and vote accordingly. Draymond Green is like the perfect example of that player who just does the little things well and helps his team win, right? Fans voted for him more. Yeah. Media voted for him more. Carl Anthony Towns got 20 votes. You know me. I love Cat. He shouldn't get a vote. Except for himself. Yeah, like, and again, there are 10 players... So yeah, ten of those were wolves, but ten of those were non-wolves. Right? And like, what? Are, are they just Kentucky guys? Oh, that's probably a good a good point. Is that that school affiliation? Yeah. So I think that's part Kentucky of, guys I think are very tight. Nationality is a thing. Like sure. I think the Brazilians. I think maybe that's where Marcelo Huertas's vote came from. Okay. Uh, <laughs> or Boris Diaw's vote came from. Right. Because I don't think Boris voted for himself. He seems too proud to do something like right. that. Yeah. So probably like Fournier voted for him sure. or something. But right. Anyway. Yeah, just like Omar Ashik got a vote, definitely deserving. Oh, hands of stone. <laughs> it's it's incredible. Anyway. Um, what surprised you about the media vote? Uh, that Chris Paul got a vote. Right. <laughs> Is that harsh? Chris Paul got a vote. Clay Thompson, Thompson got, a vote. got a vote. Um. Do you think that the? Beyond that, the, I was I was surprised that Demar Derozan got votes and the second most votes out of any. Yeah, that's surprising. And that Eastern that Conference. tipped him over Isaiah Thomas, who right. got the most votes for the media. Right, but that he was second allowed right. the average to work out, so that um, Isaiah was not named a starter. Right. Uh, Rudy Gobert got a vote from the media. That's fine. He doesn't deserve more than one. Right. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns got three, which is crazy. Yeah, DeAndre Jordan got one. Um, but it, I wonder if it if it's a peak towards what MVP voting might be like. Mm. Um, not that these will be the exact same voters, but Russell Westbrook gets two more votes than James Harden. Mm. Although, I mean, I think, I don't know how you feel about this. I'd probably put James Harden as my MVP right now. Yeah, I, I think I would too. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm not going to be mad if someone votes for Right, so, yeah, if someone said, no, it's Westbrook, then I, all right, I'm not going to fight you on that. But I, I would pick James Harden right now. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that Westbrook got two more votes. But hey. I, uh, I mean, maybe because Steph got, uh, I guess I don't I don't know that that works because they're all I, kind of point guards. You know what I love about this too is on Twitter watching the fan alliances mm, come together. Warriors and uh, Rockets fans mm-hmm. join forces because one Warriors fans want Steph in there, right? And two Rockets fans want Russ kind of downgraded a little bit. Oh, I just James Harden MVP race. MVP. Ah, same time. How Thunder you, fans, how Cavs you, fans come together because they want Russ in there okay. over Steph. Cavs fans don't like Steph no. based on the last two finals. Real real survivor stuff happening that's, here. That's pretty great. Yeah. Uh I I really got uh, I really got a kick out of that watching that on Twitter. <laughs> that's uh, yeah. But you saw a lot of like I saw a lot of Rockets people that I follow or or get retweeted into my timeline they're like, "You know what? I don't I'm not mad at Steph making it over Russ." I'm like, eh, "I don't know. I don't, I'm not mad at it, but I you're a little too casual about this for me. Yeah, you need to you need to care. Yeah. Uh, it's it's all star like they're all on the all star team, so it doesn't right. it doesn't matter that much. Right. But 
I was legitimately surprised about DeMar DeRozan getting 55 media votes and Kyle Lowry only getting 27. Like, I, I just, I just thought think, we watched... I just think Lowry's been so much better. Yeah. I wonder how much of this is start of the year. It was, oh my God, DeRozan's... You know, scored, 40 a game. Yeah, 40 a game, 35, 40 a game. And if that, and yeah, I think a lot of it is we pay attention to everything at the at the beginning of the year, and then a lot of people, you know, there's only so much time you have, especially media members that probably have families and are traveling all the time and all this stuff. And I wonder if that first impression carried over into their voting. Whereas Kyle Lowry, I think, has just been much better. Yeah, I agree. I didn't realize we we spent a lot of time talking about this. Okay, now we got to take a break. Now I want to do. We'll do our All Star Reserve picks at the end of the show. Cool. Sure. And then we got to go around the NBA next segment. So around the NBA, all the latest news and notes from around the National Basketball Association. That's next on the Salt City Hoop Show on ESPN 700. We're scanning the league from coast to coast. This is around the NBA on Salt City Hoops on ESPN 700. All right, welcome back into the Salt City Hoop Show. Andy Larson, Zach Harper with you. We've got a lot of news from around the association uh, this week, so let's, we'll get started real quick. First of all, news from tonight. Pau Gasol broke his ring finger in his left hand, fractured it, I guess, but he's uh, no timeline yet, but based on similar injuries, probably out about four to six weeks. Yeah, uh, tough break, literally, but um, Dwayne Dedman, very good. Yes. Very good rim protector. They've got depth to to make it work i'll be fine uh rudy gobert tore his achilles probably not fine for the sacramento kings uh and what does he do in free agency now he's got an opt-in for i think 17 million dollars uh something along those lines yeah so he could either opt out and get a free agency deal coming off an achilles tear or stay with it make 17 and hopefully show that he's where he was for next offseason? Like yeah, I mean, uh, you look at, uh, what, two years ago, Wes Matthews tore his Achilles in, like, March. Right. Still ended up with, you know, 70-ish million dollars from the from the Mavericks. I don't know that you can just expect that if you're Rudy Gay. It doesn't completely doom his free agency chances. But, yeah, I think maybe the move is that you, you opt in and then you try again. The harder thing is Wes Matthews, I think, could have fit on any team, and so there was a lot of... Uh, demand for his services, right? Yeah, Rudy absolutely. Gay is a much more ball-dominant player that right. doesn't fit on in a lot of systems. Right. And I mean, I don't know. I still think there's value with him as a stretch four. Oh, I do, I, I do too. Um, but uh, So four is a pretty deep position around the league, right? And so yeah. are you going to pay your backup for $17 million a year, I guess? Probably not. Right. Yeah. Uh, Chris Paul out for six to eight weeks after thumb surgery undergone yesterday. Yeah. Um, so that uh, it's probably good news for the Utah Jazz in terms of moving up to probably the four seed. Right now, they're only two games back of the Los Angeles Clippers now with both Chris Paul and Blake Griffin out. I think this potentially helps the Clippers in the playoffs because I, I think that they should be running their playoff offense through Blake Griffin anyway. Through Austin Rivers? Through Austin Rivers. Wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. What? Not through the point God? I think they wear him down. I think he does too much in the playoffs. I think they need to transition more into a balance or even more dominance with Blake Griffin and allow Chris Paul to be a guy that for half a quarter you kick out to and he either makes a shot or he makes the the next pass. Hmm. Um, I think it saves Chris Paul from wearing down. I think Blake Griffin's good enough to make it work. Interesting. So I think hopefully they can – I wrote about this on on fanragsports.com slash NBA. Uh, Seems like a good website. Check that out. Uh, Yeah, and – they're paying you money. And they're so, paying me money to do it. Great. So check that out as well. Uh, the 76ers are good now? Kind of? I think they've won five of the last eight. Yeah. Uh, and Joel Embiid is doing some fun things. He's the a monster. Fans are chanting, trust the process. Yeah. 
while he's shooting free throws. He uh, grabbed the tuchus of uh, Dario Saric after a big block. Yeah. Last game. Um, he's Joel Embiid's just so good. Seven and three in their last ten. The Sixers are. Yeah, and he's awesome defensively. Like he yeah. really is for a rookie. I mean, I know he's been around three years, so you can kind of learn stuff a little bit more. But to until you actually Not get really, to apply yeah. it, I mean, you get to have some understanding. I guess. Yeah, I guess you can practice. Nah, you couldn't really. Even you can't really practice, team, but, but I, I don't know. You watch film with NBA people. You okay. learn stuff, but still, to be able to apply it as quickly as he has, insane. Yeah, uh, that team's a lot of fun to watch right now. And they're great. Like ESPN great to watch. just put a Sixers game on TV over a Heat Bulls game, which right? Is pretty... Which is the correct call, by the way. Yeah. Nobody wants to watch Heat Bulls. Certainly not. Uh, Chris Middleton might come back by the All-Star break now, which uh, people thought he would be out for the whole season. Yeah, huge boost if that happens and he's able to come back, you know, healthy and safe and everything. Um, he's just, he's an awesome 3 and D guy. He can make plays uh, with, you know, passing the ball. He's he's so good. Adding him to this Bucks team is fun. I'm rooting for the Bucks. I think they're one of the best stories in the East if yeah. everything comes together. Malcolm I mean, Brogdon's good. Yeah, obviously. Um, Giannis is yeah, great. Yeah, Giannis I, is amazing. Jabari's I been fun. Still like Delhi. Um He's a good pickup, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, Jabari's step this year has been Michael Beasley exists. NBA champion Michael Beasley in the future. We'll have oh. to find out. Well, I don't know. Well, we'll we'll see. <laughs> uh Adrian Wojnarowski of Yahoo Sports says that the Minnesota Timberwolves are shopping Ricky Rubio. We sure. go to Zach Harper for your thoughts. Yeah, they, just like they were in October. Right. The Kings want him. The Wolves don't have. The Wolves don't desire anything the Kings have. Um, actually, the might, maybe the Rudy Rudy Gay injury kills that because you could have seen you know Thibs being talked into. Yeah, because it makes the money works and thinking. Oh well, we need you know some stretch forward depth and everything. Um, you could have seen that maybe happen. Now I think it kills that deal. And uh, I still have said all year, like I think he gets traded on draft night or the first week of free agency. Yeah, I mean, who's who plays point guard? Because Chris Dunn has really struggled all year, right? Yeah, he's uh, been bad. I mean, I don't. I I think he. I think Adrian Wojnarowski is getting good information. I think that the Wolves have been shopping him, and the Wolves have probably tried to you know entice the deal by putting him and Shabazz Muhammad together. I also think whenever there are rumors, I look, who does this benefit the most? Who does this benefit the most? Well, it, it could have benefited the Kings. Uh, it's unlikely it would benefit the Wolves unless they're truly trying to drum up trade interest. Maybe it benefits Chris Dunn's agent. <laughs> okay. Maybe. Yeah. No, you know? that's, I mean, that's a fair point. That's kind of where you have to look, right? Agents drive a lot of this stuff. Yeah. I, I am surprised Chris Dunn is as unimpactful as he has been. Yeah, um, he's had some solid stretches defensively, but he's he's been bad on offense. He's a worse shooter than Ricky Rubio. Uh, lower true shooting percentage worse. That's by not, that's like bad. a significantly lower true shooting percentage. It's not good. Yeah. Uh, the Warriors broke ground on the new Chase Center in San Francisco. So like every Oakland team, they're moving out. Uh, <laughs> right. That's they harsh. had Cirque du Soleil there. In like construction gear. And then they were had like dancing excavators. It was such a production. You would have thought like Batman had to swoop in to stop the evil villain from completing his plan. Yeah. Like that's, that's exactly, how weird it was. It was it was very off kilter weird. Like no one was watching this and was like, oh, this is a good time. Right. <laughs> right. was like, oh, this is an evil billionaire. <laughs> yeah. Kind of doing something awful. Right. Like. <sighs> Maybe Joe Lickham's an evil billionaire. I'm for evil billionaires. You are. Wow. Um, just, you know, we need something to overcome all the time, right? Okay. <laughs> sure. You know, it keeps things interesting. Adversity yeah. is good. Evil billionaire takes over the NBA. Sure. I, I do feel legitimately bad for people who live in Oakland who had like these good things and yeah. like, right. The, the warriors were a great thing for that city and, and it's kind of attempts at rebirth. 
Um, and you know, now it's moving yeah. to San Francisco. Noted Twitter fan Samus Fendieri yeah, uh, tweeted something. He lives in San Francisco. It's going to take him 35 minutes to get to the new arena. It takes him 41 minutes to get to the Oakland arena. <laughs> That's kind of funny. So, okay. Yeah. It's not better for anybody. Is right. It? Yeah. It's kind of a mess all around, but they're going to make a ton of money on it. Right. Yeah. All right. That's well, how it works. Have, have fun with that. Uh, Rajon Rondo said you couldn't name three players on last year's Kings when he pointed out that he was last year's assist uh, leader. Right. And he's you know saying, well, you can't even name the players that I yeah. passed to. And then Seth Curry, a member of the Kings last year, sent him a, a link to a Sporkle quiz right. about who was on <laughs> That's the great. Kings. Um, you I know what? Sporkle, by you the know way. what I couldn't name? One team that wants Rajon Rondo. <laughs> right. That's what I can't name right now. <laughs> it's not good. I can name one player who voted for him right. in uh, the All-Star <laughs> starting process. I have an idea who did it. And <laughs> it may have been Rondo. I hope his entire ballot was just him. <laughs> I don't think you could do that, right? Like, it probably made you vote for players. Probably. Because otherwise, so many more players would have just voted for I would only think so, themselves. yeah. Uh, yeah, Rondo's... Don't acquire Rondo. It's it's a bad news bears kind of situation. Nike is hosting... Is, is doing the NBA sleeves next year. Or, sorry, NBA jerseys next year. But they are not doing sleeves. Get them out. They're getting they're getting rid of the Adidas sleeve jerseys. Gotta the, go. The uh, Jazz Pride jerseys are, are going to be short lived. Gotta go. Um, don't like them. It's a shame. I really don't like them. I like. Maybe it's just because I like soccer. I like. Those. I like all the rebranding the the Jazz did this year. I like the logo. I like the. I love the court. Those those Pride jerseys gotta go. I am a little bit worried about what Nike will do with the jerseys, just in general. Yeah, like, you've seen the stuff they've done with like Oregon stuff, right. Oregon sports, right? Like yeah. it's yeah. I think they could get weird. I, uh, don't do that, Nike. Right. Don't get weird. I, I, we don't need a we don't need an Oregon duck situation in I, NBA. I agree. Like Adidas's like shoe designs are kind of weird, but I think their jerseys are pretty good. Like in every sport they do. Yeah, they've been fun. It's more a problem of what the teams provide with like colorways and right, right. Jer- and logos and everything. And they got to approve it. I'm just I'm yeah. worried about Nike. Yeah, it could get real weird. Uh, Courtney Lee got benched for Ron Baker, which A, is funny on its own merits, but B, uh, he responded by posting a Dumb and Dumber image to Instagram, which... I'm sure had no connection at all. Why are the Knicks the way that they are? Yeah. Should be an LOL Knicks segment. I see a lot of Knicks fans trying to trade... That's not a bad idea, actually. It's not a bad idea. Uh, I see a lot of Knicks fans trying to trade Courtney Lee away, by the way. Is that something that any team should have interest in? Yeah. Okay. A lot of teams. Do you think... Like, I think he's good. Okay. He's a good defender. He can hit threes. Um, shocking. I was just he, worried that he was benched for Ron Baker, but yeah, I mean, they're playing Derrick Rose. I don't know how many good decisions <laughs> they're they've got right now, right? Okay. Uh, yeah, I know the Timberwolves went after him, couldn't really get a lot of traction this summer, but I think a lot of teams that can use a shooting guard, Courtney Lee's good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, UConn's women's team broke the NCAA record with its 91st straight win. Sounds That's, like a lot of straight wins. You know, we we thought ninety or seventy three and nine was impressive yeah. by the Warriors last year. Ninety one and zero, it's better. I mean, we're impressed that the the Sixers have won seven out of ten. Yeah, so, ninety one in a row, pretty good. Of their last ninety one, <laughs> right? It's a good stat. Uh, the NBA is looking at rule changes to speed up the end of games. I don't really know how you could do that in a reasonable I don't way. like any of the things that have been offered up. Yeah. I mean, I would I would reduce number of timeouts. I'm kind of fine with that. That's um, fine, yeah. Or use an advance kind of like the D-League does rather yeah. than a timeout. Uh that saves a couple minutes and I think that's something. But... I don't think it should take more than 20 seconds to have a review done. Yeah, okay. 
Yeah. I'm, I think I'm also think review times would be cut in half if Ed Malloy was kicked out of the league. <laughs> Just the average would go down. So you go way down. I like it. It's a guarantee. If you, if you could put money on this, I would bet my life savings on every single review he does that after he has reviewed it, he will walk back over to the sideline and pick the, and put the headphones on again. Mm. He and, always needs one more check. And he does. He also goes and and consults with the other referees yeah. every time too. Right. I really. I gotta see him order a pizza. I just gotta. <laughs> I just gotta see it. I gotta see how he tries to decide on toppings. I I met Ed Malloy. Very proud to say. Okay. I saw him at a Vegas uh, pool. Okay. Of a hotel. You go up and say hi or anything? You just not a chance. <laughs> Uh, the NBA's referee union is is like actually in kind of open warfare with Mark Cuban, yeah. which is fun. I'm digging this. Uh, so Woj published these like league memos to the refs, uh, and the ref sent a whole bunch of the ref association sent a whole bunch of league memos that's basically detailing all the mean things that Mark Cuban has done uh, to them in the last year. Yeah, the league sent out a memo last year saying that like, hey, owners can't make fun of referees anymore, and Mark right. Cuban shockingly continues to do it. And the referee association is mad that he continues. Are there to do a it. lot of guys worth what eight to ten billion dollars that you can tell them what to do? I just don't no. think so. Yeah. Not even the government can tell them what to do, right? I thought Mark Cuban's point was actually really reasonable. Like, if if the refs are saying that this is affecting their refereeing, then that's saying that their refereeing can be affected by like people yelling right. at them, right? Which is not supposed to be the which case. Is, right. Which is, <laughs> I'm all I'm a hundred percent team Mark Cuban on this one. I am too. Yeah. I like, and I get that. I like Cuban. Refereeing is a hard job. It's but super hard. I think we're too hard on referees. I still think I'm on his side. I also just don't think he's done that terrible of things. Like he, so they're saying that he called a referee terrible, which I didn't disagree with. Pop just did it. Yeah, Pop. Right. <laughs> I do think uh, that owners should be able to get technical fouls too. Right. Yeah, uh, I, I, I agree fair. with that. Yeah. And right now they can't. Yeah. So I would be fine with that. I also think um, I think the referees came out and said like owners shouldn't be allowed in the first twenty rows. Of right. The, that should be a potential punishment. Get right? out of like, get out of here. Yeah. That's well, so you're dumb. gonna kick them out of your their own building. Yeah. Like no. Get, you're, get out of here. And then the the second thing was they wanted them to be able to be removed by security if the refs so choose. I'm like, out on that. No. <laughs> Just let them keep racking up texts. They don't need two texts and they're ejected. Mark Cuban gets 10 texts in a playoff game. That's even more fun for us. That, that's a good point. Just yeah. like let them keep shooting free throws. Yeah, absolutely. I like it. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm totally like the ref association has been really weird recently. On, yeah, they're, like, they're forcing like the last two minute hatred. They become um, super entitled. I, I, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, yeah they have right. like publicly entitled. Right. It, it's not a good look. No, uh, I think it's new like lawyers that they hired. I don't know. This sure. is getting too into baseball. <laughs> but, like, it's it's a weird it's it's weird. They should they should stop this. Yeah. All right. Ref the game. <laughs> yep. Do it good. Yeah. All right. We got to take a break. On the other side, we've got our all star reserves that we want to pick. Ooh, I got to um, pick some. Yeah. Okay. Get, get it done real quick. That's next on the Salt City Hoop Show. Oh, and a couple uh, reader questions as well. Yeah. Listener Twitter questions. Whatever. Somebody. Next on the Salt City Hoop Show on ESPN seven hundred. <laughs> Yo, this is G-Time right here. The home of the best Utah Jazz and NBA breakdown is right here. This is Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Ah, yes, Gordon Hayward's too big, yo. Uh, He was live streaming a video game 
this week, uh, Hearthstone, I think it's called. Um, sure. And in the chat, he confirmed that he did indeed write the lyrics to the song. Wow. Which someone, there was a rumor apparently that he outsourced it to somebody else, but no, he confirmed that okay. these, are, these are all his. JJ Reddick and Ryan Anderson used to get in the studio and flow a bit, so really? I wonder if Gordon can can get involved in that. Uh, he did also say that his rapping days were done. Uh, that's a shame. Because <laughs> Maybe. I mean, this is you know peak. what? Gordon Hayward makes the All-Star game. I'm guaranteeing he raps. I don't know how I can guarantee that, but I'm doing it. <laughs> I'll guarantee he doesn't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> that If that makes anything better. Sure. Uh, we've got a couple Twitter questions. Actually, maybe just one. But uh, from Riley O'Brien, this season has been fantastic thus far, but I have to know, who do you guys think is the Jazz's starting point guard in two years? George Hill. Yeah, I think it's probably George Hill. Because yeah. uh, in my mind, the Jazz really want to resign him. I think George Hill's fine with staying here. Yeah. You know, the other alternative is going back to San Antonio and being their point guard, right, which um, which is very real and a very good possibility for yeah. him. But I think Jazz would still be considered favorites in that discussion. Right. Uh, and then, yeah, and then he's your starter point guard. Who's the starting power forward? That one's harder. I don't know that. Uh, I think it's somebody we don't know yet. Ooh. Honestly. Like I don't. I don't think it's Eric Favors. Wow. I don't think it's Trey Lyles. Anthony Davis. I don't think it's okay. Anthony Davis. <laughs> <laughs> I would say all of those are. I would like. I think Favors could get moved before he's a free agent, and right. if he and if this continues, I think he may end up getting a better offer from another team that doesn't have to give money to Rodney Hood that free agency period. Sure. Um, and Trey Lyles, I believe, is up for an extension that year as well. So, right. uh, you know, it's just a lot of money to give out. And I think Favors right now, just looking at the team, yeah. is a legitimate, is probably the guy you could most afford to lose. Chris Stapps for Zingas. Make the deal. <laughs> Carmelo Anthony. Ooh, maybe. Just make that Favors for yeah. Carmelo deal. I like it. Uh, we also had someone who asked us to talk about the Raiders to Las Vegas. Uh, I, I worked for the Raiders for a year. Okay. Uh, I hate their fan base. I still don't like seeing a fan base lose a team. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I really hate their fan base okay. with a lot of passion. <laughs> so uh, I think that's what this fan was looking for. Yeah. I, I believe he is a Raiders fan. So yeah. This is, uh, this is good. No offense. I hate your fan base, but I think it's ridiculous that you're losing a team. Oh, no. He says Las Vegas, Las Vegas Raiders, baby, and you jelly Oakland fans can kick rocks. Is his oh. bio. So okay. he's on your side. No, I, I don't want them to. He's on your side of hating Oakland. Oh, oh yeah. So he's pro kind hating of Raiders on your side, fan. But anti-moving. Yeah. But I don't think they should move to Vegas. I think having a team in Vegas is a terrible idea. Yeah, NFL it can work. NHL that team's no. That's what are they doing? I think I don't think it's going to work that well in the NFL. I it, also like it Mark, may not, Mark Davis is a rube. Yeah, agreed. He's a dumb and dumber rube. So is the Spanos guy or whatever the the Chargers. Yeah. This is oh, he, he's he's a jerk too. Hot football takes. Right. Here on the Salt City. Hoops also, show. LA should not have two teams. No. I'm not even sure they should have one team. No, but I love that they're playing in Carson at uh, the MLS stadium. There. Right. Right. Thirty thousand people. Thirty thousand. You know what? Over under four and a half games they sell out. They yeah they may not sell out. I'm going the 30, under. Thirty thousand seat right. stadium. I'm going under. Which is insane. That'll be funny. It, yeah. <laughs> I, I I do look forward to that crashing. Crashing and burning. Yeah, 100%. Uh, all right, quick all-star reserve picks. Who okay. you got in the East? Or do you uh, want me to read mine first? Uh, uh, yeah, you can read yours first. Right. I know mine. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so my reserve picks are Kyle Lowry and Isaiah Thomas uh, as the backcourt. Yeah. You got three frontcourt players, Paul Millsap, Kevin Love, and Joel Embiid. I like Ooh, Embiid. Okay. 
And then John Wall and Kemba Walker for your your wild card spots. So I that's agree with a the, lot of point guards. Yeah, but I agree with all those. I would take out Millsap, okay. putting Chris Depps for Zingas. I think he's been good enough. Okay, better than Millsap. Just... Think so. Or it's even enough that I feel good making the swap. Okay, uh, I'm fine with that. It's okay. fun. Yeah, uh, I might even would you, but Kemba in over Millsap. I would too. I would put Kemba in, but um, I think he'll get squeezed out. Yeah, yeah. I, I, they're just a lot of point guards. Yeah, definitely JoJo. Okay. Joel Embiid gets in, and he should get in. He should get in on merit. It's not just a novelty pick. I think uh, he, I think he's been good enough. I I, and kind I don't of agree. And I don't and, buy and in twenty I, minutes a night too. Yeah, and I don't buy the whole oh he's on a bad team. I think that matters in the second half of the season in terms of putting up empty stats. I don't think that happens in the first half. Yeah, and I I, I feel like he's been good enough on the defensive end that yeah I think he's putting up some empty stats because he takes so many shots. Sure. I think he's also putting up the defensive numbers to more than make up for those empty right. stats. If that makes 100%. Sense. On the West, uh, Western Conference, you do yours first. All right. I got Russell Westbrook. Good call. I've got Chris Paul. Probably. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins. Yep. Draymond Green. Okay. Marcus Gasol. Yep. Uh, oh, boy. This is a tough one. Gets down to it. Uh, I'll go Gobert. Uh, Clay Thompson? So that's the question. Is it Clay Thompson or Gordon Hayward? I mean, I think Clay Thompson will get the pick over over a second jazz player. Yeah, I, I agree that that makes it, it difficult. But yeah. I, you look at their games, uh, I think Gordon Hayward's had a much better season than Clay. Yeah, like even, I agree. Even just on an efficiency thing, like yeah. Clay Thompson should, that's his all star game. He case, struggled right? a his, lot his to, to start the year. Gordon Hayward's been a better shooter and more efficient yeah. player than Clay Thompson has been. Yeah. And I think. If you have to flip a coin between Gobert and Hayward, who do you take as the uh, all-star? Just on merit. Who makes it? Or Okay, on, on merit. I think Hayward is more likely to make it. I would take Gobert on merit. I agree with that. Uh, I think Gobert is not that likely to make it because there are two centers already in right. our presumed rosters. Right. Uh, Ooh, too many point guards in the East, too many centers in the West? Weird. Yeah, that is weird. Uh, and then you've got, I guess, point guard-wise, I think we would say that the West point guards are better than the east i mean obviously top level yeah, but 100%. even damian lillard is is another guy who you could lillard i think mccollum's been good enough and actually I would, you do I have would an pick, injury spot too because yeah. chris ball won't play right i would put mccollum over lillard in the all-star game why is that i think he's been better okay i think i just think he's been a much more efficient scorer i think he's been a better attacker and i think lillard's just struggled a little too much that's I like I wouldn't have ever seen that coming before the season, but I yeah. think I, I, I don't. Oh yeah, I would not have picked that before the season, but I I just think that's the case. And then and then it's what Lillard wants. He gets the recognition of being, hey, you should be an all star, and he gets <laughs> to have the chip on his shoulder, and, and he gets to play and well for the next play well months. for the next two months. You have you sell shoes, like it's a great it's a great little gig there. Yeah, uh, actually, why are the Blazers bad? Defense, they can't defend anybody. Uh, like, why? How are they so much worse defensively than they were last year? They were only good defensively for one month last year. Okay. One month of play, middle of January to middle of February. They were a good defensive team with just insane offense. Rest of those months, they were awful defensively. But the West was so down because of all those injuries and the Rockets' apathy and all that stuff. Uh, they were able to kind of boost themselves in a weak standing. So if you look at the eight seed right now, there's only three and a half games that separate the eight seed and the bottom, the 
last team in the Western Conference, yeah. the Phoenix Suns. But the Nuggets, the Trailblazers, the Pelicans, the Kings, the Mavericks, the Timberwolves, the Lakers, and the Suns are all within three and a half games of each other for that last eight seed. Who gets it? I still think Portland. Because yeah. I think it only takes a month of good play. Yeah. To, They're to only a game out it. right now. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Although, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Denver's coming around. Maybe Denver is Portland of last year, right? I, like, they're a bad defensive team, but they're they're very good on offense right and, now. And Jokic is making that leap. Like, I, I yeah, think, he's been he's been really good. I think that's real. Yeah, I, I honestly might take the, the Nuggets right now. I think, I, w- I think the Portland should be the favorites for it, but yeah, it wouldn't shock me if Denver took it. Not the Kings, not the Pellies, not the Mavs. Maybe the Pellies, but definitely not the Kings, not the Mavs, not the Wolves, yeah. not the Lakers, not the Suns. All right, we got to leave. Not us. You can listen to the <laughs> yeah. You can listen to the show as a podcast, SaltCityHoops.com or ESPN700Sports.com. Andy Larson, Zach Harper, signing out.